0: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam.
1: Streaming at dcaureview.com and on your favorite podcast
0: app. There is an alien among us. A superior being from a place called Krypton. Deep in the heart of the city... He watches for signs of danger. Ready to act on a moment's notice. His true name is Kal-El. You know him as Superman. Maybe you ladies haven't heard about me. The future of Metropolis is in the hands of the Man of Steel. get up he's gonna be busy i said get up superman
1: hey everybody welcome to episode 165 of the dcau review i am one of your two hosts cal and with me is my good brother good friend and the gentleman that runs our twitter account that is right liam we have kicked off A new month here. Happy July to you. We are uh, more than halfway through the year of 2021 and uh, with tearing off the calendar page and and headed to the next month that means uh, as we announced last week we are headed to cover a show that we have covered many times in the past but it is a new show for this month. Welcome Liam to the DCAU review.
2: That's right we are back in the sunny skies of Uh, of metropolis as we take a month's worth of superman the animated series reviews starting off with uh, today's episode which features the return of the parasite
1: that is right. Nearly a year ago, we, uh, we covered some Superman episodes and uh, one of those episodes uh, was Feeding Time, which introduced us to one Rudy Jones and the Parasite. You can check out that episode in the archives at dcaureview.com. You can also uh, check them out uh, on your favorite podcast app or check out the Pod Tower on YouTube. Uh, most of our episodes are available on that uh, platform as well but liam this week we are following up with his second appearance in superman the animated series in the episode twos a crowd Uh, so excited to look at this episode it's a very unique one it has an interesting plot to it definitely some interesting visuals certainly designed to sell some toys and, uh, and a lot more to talk about on this week's episode. But before we do that, as we do each and every week, we're going to start with our unsponsored segment. That's right, the IMDb synopsis for this week's episode, which originally aired back on the Kids WB way back in February 15th of 1997, or at least according to the DCAU wiki, it what it did. And uh, that means, Liam, in just a few short months, we will be celebrating the 25th anniversary of this episode that's
2: right this for the episode to a crowd was written by and berkowitz directed by hiroyuki ayama music by michael mcquistian and animation by tms that synopsis reads as such a desperate plan to use parasite to probe the mind of a comatose criminal mastermind goes terribly
1: wrong Mm. Ooh, spooky. Leaves well, a little bit to be desired. They don't, I mean, but at least, at least it, it's like three quarters. I feel like that would be a C. It's like three quarters of a paper filled out.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, it's a little light on the detail, but uh, it is succinct. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, we can, we can start to break down plot. It's not a particularly complicated plot. Uh, we we open with uh, the the SCU uh, the Special Crimes Unit, not the uh, professional wrestling tag team. Um, there you go, uh, and they are having a standoff, which uh, who we with a guy who we find out very quickly because uh, Emil Hamilton is there to give some exposition that he's a former Star Labs scientist who stole an isotope and has built a bomb, and so he's having this standoff with the police.
0: Inspector Sawyer, Professor Hamilton. Perfect timing. The man inside's Earl Garver. Used to work at Star Labs. Until he stole a radioactive isotope from us. He sent this to the mayor today. He says he used the isotope to make a bomb. And he'll detonate it if we don't pay by tonight. It could take out a square mile of the city. Let me see if I can change his mind. Uh, and we get, we get for, right
2: off the bat, we get the return of one of the great, one of our favorite, long-standing favorite uh dcau tropes which was it's just a terrible and ineffective swat
1: team (laughs) that was literally the first note that i wrote down i was like well it's good good to see that the metropolis seu is just as inept as the gotham city swat team which uh if you are familiar with listening to any of our episodes uh, if you've listened to some of our of our episodes in the past that have featured said SWAT team, which were heavily featured in the very first season of Batman mm-hmm. the Animated Series, uh, in particular uh, on Leather Wings, you can check out those episodes in the archives. But yeah, they uh, they attempt to uh, to to barrel through despite uh, despite like launching some sort of uh, attack against this guy's door. They they. They have like a battering ram attached to a to some sort of vehicle, and they ride up against it, and bam! Wouldn't you know it, that it, it bounces off of it. And so uh, Maggie Sawyer tells Dan Turpin, uh, "This, of course, is first season, so Dan Turpin's still living." Uh, so Dan Turpin decides to lead his counterattack and uh, they just decide they're going to shoot all kinds of weapons at this very, very thick steel reinforced door that just literally stopped a a, a car in its tracks or a tank in its tracks. But they're going to shoot some weapons at it because, of course, that makes sense in, I guess, the minds of the SWAT team of the SEO. Yeah,
2: that's right. I will say just I, on the last note on, on terrible DCU SWAT teams, we should not uh, forget to mention the SWAT team in the pilot of Static Shock who uh, unleashes the bang baby gas on a <laughs> group of teenagers. Uh, it's a tradition
1: unlike any other. <laughs> yeah,
2: far reaching across our various uh, DCAU shows here. But yes, for this episode, the SWAT team is clearly overmatched. The, the house is completely reinforced with... I don't know if they say steel or titanium or what, but uh, and not only that, but as as the SWAT begins to open fire, uh, it's also outfitted with uh, weapons. and in in the uh, melee, Dan Turpin is wounded in in battle and and is sort of taken away and he's he's not here for the rest of the episode. So that's that's the exit of, uh, of Dan Turpin for this episode. But then Superman arrives. He uh, he is able to break into the house. He has to deal with uh, various sort of gadgets there to stop a machine guns and a giant metal press. We'll certainly talk more about that in uh, in visuals and animation.
1: But as how as much he money of... do you think this guy, this professor was making that he was able to outfit <laughs> his house with a hydraulic system complete with that hydraulic press and full weaponry and titanium dual layered titanium doors uh guy was maybe maybe the star labs uh accountants should look into uh, what's happening with the uh the designation of some of their funds there is that a publicly funded uh (laughs) laboratory you think
2: yeah maybe well that is an interesting question because this whole plan is to hold the city to ransom and it's like well you got you giant hydraulic press in your house money how much more do you need but, uh, but yes, so Superman's able to stop that. But as he sort of destroys this giant hydraulic press, some of the, the big metal cables fall down and, and strike this, uh, this evil Dr. Earl Garver in the head. And he is knocked unconscious. And as, as they take him to the hospital, they're, they're told by the doctor that it could be a day or two before he wakes up. And of course, that, that just won't do because the bomb is set to go off in just a few hours. So uh, that that just that troublemaker himself, Emil Hamilton, has this brilliant idea to uh, to, use, to use the parasite to uh, to gain Garver's memories, and uh, parasite just has a few brief demands in order for, uh, in exchange for his help.
0: Why should I help you? You're the one who put me here, Rudy. The whole city's in trouble. Tell somebody who cares. The bomb could blow up a huge area of Metropolis. What if that includes Stryker's Island? What if it does? Think I'd miss this life of mine? These four stinking walls? You want me to go into this guy's mind and try to find out where the bomb is? No skin off my nose, but I want something in return. What's that? Something to help the time go faster in this dump. And not a bunch of boring books either. I want cable and the premium channels. Yep. Yeah. He wants a big screen TV. He
1: wants cable and he wants what he calls the premium channels as they linger on his face a little bit uh, to let you know that premium channels doesn't mean just HBO. He's he's talking about all of the premium channels. And if you're not sure what we're talking about, folks, I don't recommend Googling it on a work computer. I'll just say that because that's that's what he's alluding to there. So Rudy wants uh, something to pass the time. He said, not just books anymore. Uh, so he agrees to do it. And uh, so they, they sort of strap him to this, this uh, I, I guess it's like a, it's just a re- restraint device. And uh, they have, which is weird because they, instead of putting both of the devices on his hands, I guess the other hand is supposed to be restrained further down, but uh, only one of his, his hands have this device that sort of retracts and allows him to uh, move his fingers close enough where he might be able to zap somebody. Uh, so they allow him to, to do this. Uh, he agrees to it and uh, in exchange for the, the television and the cable and the, the premium channels. And as they take him to the hospital, he begins to do it. And uh, wouldn't you know it? He zaps uh, Garver. Uh, but then we learn very quickly that uh, something very different has happened. Uh, Mr. Garver has apparently uh, taken over his consciousness because he's, uh, as Rudy begins to talk, instead of just doing an impersonation like we saw in the first episode where he was sort of able to mimic Superman and, and one of the other uh, police officers that he had zapped, this it appears that Garver's conscience uh, is actually taking over the parasite's body.
0: I know where it is. All right, but you still have to pay.
1: Sounds like Garver.
0: Rudy. Sorry, Emil. I put Rudy on the back burner. You're cooking with Earl now.
1: What's happening?
0: The parasite has somehow taken Garver's consciousness, not just his memories. How Garver's intellect, his ego, his force of personality. It all must have combined to overwhelm. What's it going to be? You're still stuck here, Garver, and you don't even know what hospital you're in. If that bomb goes off, there's a good chance you'll go with it, both of you.
1: Uh, And there's sort of this uh, moment where we get an internal dialogue complete with some overlay of some heads between Rudy and Garver, where they're sort of talking to each other in his consciousness. Uh, a very very uh, trippy moment indeed and then mm-hmm. emil hamilton sort of again comes in with the exposition to explain it away perfectly I mean, it must be because garver is so smart that's why his conscience is able to <laughs> overpower Rudy and sort of uh take over the parasite's body uh, from there uh, garver uh, of course at this point even though Rudy is within uh garver uh, he uh he he, Demands still that he uh, be paid his ransom. Superman makes it very clear to him that that's not going to work that uh, and that uh, he himself is in danger of dying also if they don't. Uh, if they don't take, uh, if he doesn't give him the information for where this bomb is located. So Garver sort of relents uh, from inside of Parasite's body and, uh, and gives Superman the supposed location of where it is. But uh, we quickly learn that that wasn't his intent as uh, that's not quite where the bomb was. Yeah, that's, uh, that's
2: kind of a fun little sequence while, uh, while Maggie and, and, and Superman uh, go to disarm this bomb at the shipwreck at the bottom of the Metropolis river surprised there weren't the, the river, which just wasn't just littered with like <laughs> blown up helicopters and planes and stuff that <laughs> Superman fl- is always thrown in there. But uh, it's just this one ship is, uh, is, is seen. And uh, as they go to investigate it, they, uh, they sort of discover that they've been had, but before they can, uh, they can get back to it. And before they realize that, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Rudy and Rudy and uh, and Doctor Garver sort of uh, talk in this mine palace and decide that if they sort of combine, if they stop sort of fighting each other for control, they can uh, they can have enough strength to sort of escape, and they're able to damage the uh, the device on his hand, and and then call out to a guard who they zap, and and then. <laughs> when Superman and and Maggie get back, they like throw the door open. There's like 50 people in that room, so it seems like it was like a Marx Brothers routine or something. <laughs> so, like, we see it like the cop, the, the security guard goes in, he gets zapped. There was a nurse that had walked by. She sees like the cop's coffee has fallen over on the ground, so she goes in to investigate. And we hear her scream. And then it just cuts away and and we get more of the action of, uh, you know, Superman and Maggie look for the bomb as they're escaping. The ship sort of begins to sink even more and some of its cargo breaks down. There's sort of this very dramatic sequence that we'll talk more about in visuals where Superman's uh, his air bubble breaks and, and Maggie is sort of caught in the, uh, in the debris and Superman has to rescue her. And then they sort of make a, dramatic escape and then fly out back to the hospital and then they get back there's like five doctors a couple of nurses some orderlies and this and this cop all just passed out having been been (laughs) uh, fed on by the parasite but just i just imagine it's like a yeah it's like an assembly line just like one at a time people were going in after hearing a scream or a crash what what Yes. Yep. yeah yeah after, after like the third or fourth you'd think maybe they'd go in as a group or, right. or
1: <laughs> call another t- security guard with a gun yeah. or something yes. <laughs> nope
2: yeah Any, anything like that but no, that uh they the parasite uh this united parasite is able to escape and uh eventually calls maggie and then sort of gives him the gives her one last chance to pay this ransom but he has one additional caveat which is of course he wants superman to deliver the bearer bonds this time
0: 20 minutes left he'll call yes this isn't a game of chicken anymore miss sawyer i still want the money 50 million and unsigned bearer bonds understand so far there's just one modification i want superman to bring it to me and i want him to come alone agreed agreed very good superman go to the old subway extension enter by way of the north side station i'll be waiting
2: and uh, that sort of sets up our final battle and really the first actual like physical altercation that superman gets in episode
1: yep uh other than some boxes falling on him as you said in that or crates falling on him in that uh, un- under the underwater scene uh, yeah there's uh there's there's not a whole lot of physical action that occurs here but Uh, They save some of it for that final, final scene, as you mentioned. So Superman is called to deliver the Verabans to uh, this abandoned subway. Uh, I guess it's a subway. There's some, some tracks down there. I believe that they mentioned that uh, they had started development on it. And, um, and Garver says that they had to stop because there was a giant pit there, uh, a pit so deep that even Superman probably couldn't see down into it. And uh, so Uh, Superman is led directly to where the bomb is he drops the suitcase off and uh, is given the code to uh, disarm the bomb and uh, quickly after disarming it it does work but uh, buried in the dirt right there happens to be the parasite who grabs him and begins zapping his strength. Um, And I don't know if we mentioned it, but Garver in part of his uh, in part of his pitch to Rudy in order for them to work together is that he believes uh, or he sells to Rudy that he can uh, figure out how to keep. Uh, the power that that parasite retains instead of uh, the sort of the draining that usually happens from it so uh, that's kind of the the crux or the sort of the the tension short of that that final scene is you know oh has he figured out how to retain all of Superman's strength he doesn't get a full charge off of Superman uh, touches here and there which is interesting because I feel like Superman should have been a little bit better prepared maybe showing up in the anti-kryptonite suit or something that sort of sort of would have given him an extra layer of protection. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I guess that would have added less tension to the scene or didn't work for this one. But uh, so uh, there is some fighting back and forth. As you mentioned, Parasite gets a little bit of uh, Superman's strength. And uh, just as uh, Superman is, uh, it, it and him are deep in battle, uh, Parasite decides that he's going to go set off the bomb uh, well, Garver decides he's going to go set off the bomb. Superman tries to reason with him saying, well, if you do this, you're going to die, too. And, and Garver uh, sort of reveals that he's OK with th- with Parasite dying because his conscience is only in there. Two minutes.
0: That's all you've got. Now come over here and hold out your hand like a good boy. Shut it off. You'll be killed, too. Will I? My real body's miles north of here, resting peacefully in an ambulance. Hear that, Rudy? He's willing to sacrifice you. It'll never come to that. He's already taken control of your body, Rudy. What do you think he's going to do with your mind? You are gonna crowd me out, Garver? Is that where this is going? Rudy, you're a loser without me. It's this or the cell. Some choice. Rudy, what are you...
1: In that moment, Superman uh, uses his wits, grabs the bomb, and uh, throws it deep into the pit. And uh, he and, and Rudy fall into the pit, or he and Parasite fall into the pit. Rudy, unsuccessfully, despite fighting back against Scarver, was not able to retake over his mind. Uh, the explosion happens. Superman and Rudy uh, are somewhat hit by the explosion. Uh, But then uh, that uh, thankfully it looks like Rudy survived thanks to some of the power that he had zapped from Superman only being slightly hurt. Uh, But that, and we cut to our final scene.
2: Yeah. So uh, my my only one thing I want to mention about this is I like that because they sort of, they talk about this pit, there's this big bottomless pit and then later that's, so I like that Superman kind of has a smart way. That being said, if the bomb is so big, or is such so powerful that it could take out half the city, as Maggie Sawyer says it could at one point. Um, would that not do like? Would that not a massive earthquake if you just threw it down like deep into the earth under under Metropolis? Well, I'm not okay, a I'm, geolo- not,
1: I'm not a geologist, but
2: <laughs> nor am I. But I just I just thought about that. I was like, I, I the explosion just goes straight up, I guess. But it, it, just, I, it, it sounds like it to
1: me. It. I mean, I, I feel like that would not. I don't think blowing up, blowing up the ground is necessarily <laughs> something that one would think would be good for anything in or around the area. I feel like there's going to be some structural issues for anything that was uh, that was built on on the surrounding land. Uh but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We uh, we have to we have to tap our fan base. Uh, if there's anybody out there that knows anything about sort of the, the Earth's platelets, that you would like to share with us, uh, tweet Liam at DCAU Review on Twitter and uh, give us the update on whether or not you think that this bomb would have uh, caused a minor earthquake or would have affected uh, the city in some way. Uh, it, you know not just sort of swallowed up by this quote unquote bottomless pit. Sure, sure. Just, yeah, I would love to get some feedback on that because
2: I, I I just thought about that. But uh, yeah, then we have our, our little epilogue there as uh, as Garver wakes up still in the back of an ambulance and begins to sort of walk out of it, but he's actually being carried by Superman right back to Stryker's Island where uh, we see him su- uh, being led to his cell by Superman and Maggie Sawyer. But he after and we sort of cut over to... Uh, a very joyful uh, Rudy Jones slash Parasite now back in control of his body, enjoying that uh, premium television that he uh, that he so rightly earned in this episode. So that's sort of our, our wacky little ending there. But uh, yeah, overall, I, I think this episode is pretty fun. Um, I, I didn't love it. There's actually some things, this is actually will relate to our voice acting a little bit. There's definitely some elements to this that are, I think are based around like Silence of the Lambs um in the sense of it's you know the there's a bad guy so bad that we have to go get another bad guy out of prison to help us catch him right type deal, or in this case to you know get the piece of information but uh, there's definitely some elements of that and again we'll get we'll get to sort of a direct connection to that in in voice acting a little bit later but i like i like the idea of that that being said i feel like their logic of why Uh, every other person he's ever touched has just sort of he's just absorbed their memories and their speech patterns right this this person somehow overrides his his entire consciousness um i don't i don't know that they do like a great job but i don't know like i I thought i thought it was a pretty solid story overall um i ended up at a seven out of ten for plot
1: Nice. I gave it the exact same score. Yeah, I I enjoyed this. Um, This is one that I I think I feel like we saw a lot um, as we off. I feel like that's most of the Superman episodes just because there were there was so few of them initially and so many in, in heavy rotation. Uh, and we just would watch them every Saturday. Uh, but this one, I, I didn't remember that plot point until the and, until I watched it all the way through it, how the, the problem was solved. I thought that Superman would have kryptonite in the briefcase or something like that. Um, so I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't remember that the pit came into play until till later. Uh, so v- very interesting. Um, very, very interesting. I think it's, you know, you're right, they did not. I don't love the way that they explained why this guy's consciousness swapped into Rudy's body instead of Rudy, just, as you said, just taking his, his memories and, and the way that he talks. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's, it's very odd. I feel like a better explanation could have just been, Hey, there's a lot we don't know about those chemicals that turned Rudy into Rudy. So, or into the parasite. So this could be another after effect, you know, effect of, of the we're still learning about it or whatever like it's a metamorphosis it's an evolution of the parasite you know whatever yeah but explaining it away is it as if this guy was is just so brilliant and so smart that his conscience overrode what normally happens with parasite is it was a very odd choice i feel like so uh uh, too much Emil hamilton i feel like in this episode <laughs> you know, too much exposition from from the good doctor there or the bad doctor um but yeah otherwise it's a i think it's a there's some fun to be had there's not a lot of action as we mentioned that takes place in it most of the action takes place in that that final uh that that uh third act or so um but it's it's kind of intense because once uh, garver restarts the bomb up again it's you know you're you're it's kind of the who's going to shoot first. It's kind of a showdown in the old West. You know, what's going to happen? Is Superman going to give up his powers in order to potentially save the city? Uh, or is he going to find a way to outsmart him? And, and he does a, does a great job. Uh, of doing that, uh, also a little bit of uh, if you if you weren't expecting it, the a little bit of creepiness comes out when he's uh, dropping off the varibonds, and then out of nowhere the the parasite comes up from the ground, as uh, we'll probably talk about in visuals in just a second. But uh, yeah, there's some, there's definitely some homages to some horror elements in this, so uh, which keeps the trend because there, I feel like there was some of that that we mentioned in the original uh, feeding time episode as well. So mm-hmm. uh, keeping that, that horror element around with uh, Rudy Jones and the parasite is uh, pretty much on point for the, for the characters. So, all right, William, let's move on to the, our next category, which is going to be visuals and animations. And I think you said uh, TMS was responsible for this week's animation.
2: Yeah, that's right. We have TMS to thank for the animation this week as, uh, as well as, hiroki ayatma as the uh, director i apologize if i'm butchering that name as i often do uh but uh yeah i think this episode there are some fun sequences that opening sequence where superman's in the house and the machine guns are popping up and then the, the big hydraulic press is sort
1: of silly as that was that to me felt right out of one of the fleischer shorts Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that's that whole scene, I feel like especially as uh, right before that, when he's walking through the living room that's booby trapped with the different guns behind the paintings and uh, he's initially knocked back from the power of the, of the weaponry and then he stands up and he just kind of puts his arms up in front of him in like an X position. Um, that very much felt like a direct homage to uh, something that you would see from the Fleischer cartoon. So I, I feel like that whole sequence uh, all the way through to that point where he ends up, uh, you know, uh, throwing, throwing the hydraulic system sort of back into the ceiling almost uh yeah that was that was really really great i think i think that whole opening scene is a lot of fun and and set the table for an episode that we've already mentioned several times that doesn't have a lot of action it It starts out with a lot of action right off the bat Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it's, it's sort of there's sort of the i guess there's one sort of action beat per per act of the episode we have that one in the opening act uh the second act as we mentioned is is sort of a it's you know, less a traditional action beat, but, uh, you know, Superman and Maggie Sawyer go to the, to the shipwreck to find where they think the bomb is. And as uh, you alluded to Cal, we get the, the deep sea diver Superman, uh, suit, the scuba <laughs> suit, uh, which I had that figure it wasn't quite accurate. And well, uh, that's another thing with like a lot of those, the, the space suit.
1: Yeah. The, the, the space suit was, uh, the spacesuit figure that they did, which I, probably called like deep space superman or something like that that uh that was pretty accurate to the to the show uh this one the colors uh that they and if you don't know what we're talking about look up just search the the superman it was a deep deep sea superman or deep sea dive superman uh hasbro kenner figure Uh, You may have had it yourself when you were growing up, but uh, it's pretty much this this costume, but there's definitely some significant changes. The Superman S is uh, brightly colored on the the action figure uh, matches his his normal uniform, whereas on the uh, in the show it's like purplish and yellow. Uh, also the, the helmet is like this yellowish color and there's like some green. I don't think there was I don't remember there being flippers either, I think on the action figure, but uh, this is I mean it's definitely intended to be that that suit um, at least at least in, in visual uh, a, a visual companion, if you will, to the, the physical action figure release. That's right. But yeah, so it's not not a one to one, but
2: uh, still funny to see that cuz you know, there isn't a ton of that in in Batman the animated series, uh, but yeah, here in Superman we did definitely get some sort of more direct uh, toy tie-ins. But yes, we have the the diver suit, which I I like the look of it and uh, and that sequence is uh from a visual standpoint is pretty fun and and dramatic as as sort of the ship begins to sink further and shift and all of these like large crates sort of begin to fall down on them. And, and uh, Superman is sort of pinned underneath of them. As we mentioned, his, uh, his air bubble uh, cracks and breaks open. And, and in the meantime, there's sort of all this debris and dust. And then we see sort of Maggie get swallowed up in it and her hand sort of falls back into it. And you have like one or two seconds where it's just, we're just kind of watching watching her sink and float away. And then finally we see Superman's hand reach down into the, into the abyss, so to speak and, and pull her back out. And then sort of, they have this big dramatic fly out as uh, they're sort of flying up. And as he's going through the different levels, you sort of see it broken open. It's not a, it's not a clean shot. You're sort of seeing the different levels of the ship that he's flat that they're flying through as he goes up and they sort of shoots out of it like a bullet with this big jet stream behind him and, and, shoots off up, up into the air out of the water and they go fly off back towards the uh towards the hospital but that's that's a pretty tremendous scene
1: yeah it's done really well i don't know the physics of it because well i have two questions about it the first is uh does superman need a helmet underwater or not because he's without a helmet for a pretty long time are we just going to say that he was able to hold his breath that whole time i guess so it seems like
2: it's it's sort of like it's sort of like when he talks about need uh eating like you know he is like "Ah, i've eaten all day but not that i actually need to so like he likes to breathe it's more comfortable (laughs) for him but i don't think he well i mean when he when he when we see him go into the fortress of solitude he goes into the water usually usually without the suit and sure sure is able to hold his breath for a while there but uh we'll just
1: say he has expanded lungs he's like you know he's like a he's trained himself to be able to to breathe sure hold his breath for for a long time maybe and maybe it was that extensive training with uh with zatara
2: could be could be from the uh, the superman adventures annual but also i will just mention that they also were needing to be able to communicate with each other so it could be more oh that that's to good just to, to talk
1: to maggie as that's good that's the good. idea it's a good point i like yeah. that that's a good explanation. The other the other aspect is where did where did he propel, how did he propel himself out of there? I guess we didn't see it. Maybe he just pushed himself off of used the momentum of the ship. But because uh, it felt like he was swimming and, you know, gravity is still a thing. And but I guess gravity doesn't affect him when he's flying through space. So I didn't really think about these questions too much before I put <laughs> So let's just pretend that I didn't ask them. I won't cut this out of the podcast because, you know, we don't cover up our mistakes. Not a coward. Not a coward. That's right. But okay. So but yes, that scene is uh, I think that's the most visually interesting and certainly the most visually striking uh, scene maybe of the whole episode, which is interesting because it's just it's not a lot of action. It's just it creates tension and there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, that him triumphantly bursting through, uh, and out of the water, uh, with Maggie and toe is, is, uh, is, is a great visual. I, I agree with that one. Um, I also, uh, I, I liked, uh, I liked the sort of horrific uh, parasite burying himself alive in front of the bomb that I alluded to before. Um, How long do you think he was holding his breath under the, (laughs) and why didn't Superman hear his heartbeat or see like see him? I guess he was, he was focused on the bomb, I guess. That's why, but I feel like he would have heard, could have listened and heard his heartbeat. Yeah, so that that
2: that whole sequence is is interesting because he kind of as he arrives at the at the subway station, uh, he hears he hears Garver's voice sort of as he's walking through it, and finally after he, he tells him where to go, and uh, yeah, as he's as he's typing in to disarm the bomb, the the hand bursts out of uh, out of the dirt and and grabs a hold of him and gets a little bit of the power.
0: Hit the following keys, three, five, nine, one, then enter. think i'd settle for money when i could have your power too
2: uh but yeah you have you have to wonder how how he was able to speak so quick uh, speak so clearly uh despite being buried in uh in at least you know uh, enough dirt to cover his entire body but um
1: it was a cool yeah, they, visual, though. Visually, it was very really striking. Um, and then that that kind of leads me to my one complaint about this episode, and that is the fight scene between Superman and Parasite. While interesting and certainly, uh, you know, a good fisticuffs is always well appreciated. There was some exaggeration, I feel, with Parasite size and some of... The characters' arms and they're very exaggerated with length and size, and like it, it felt very distorted, like stretchy. As you know, I use warbly a lot, but these are like stretchy. They seemed like stretched out. It <laughs> reminded me a little bit of uh, one of the, I think the third part of World's Finest, where they're fighting the giant robots. Just very like their arms and legs are very elongated parasites uh size sort of changes a couple different times at at one point he's pretty much the same size as superman maybe a little bit bigger than superman and i guess maybe you could explain it away as when he zaps people's strength he grows a little bit larger but at, at one point during that fight he's like almost the size of the incredible hulk compared to superman like he's so large so to me, that that was one thing that stood out as far as the negative was concerned. And I think some of it may just be the the animation style and maybe some of the direction that was used. Um, and it's, you know, it's 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 a action scene and things are moving very quickly. But at times things seemed a little bit distorted. Do you, I don't know if you happen to catch that or not.
2: Yeah, no, that, that's uh that's that's definitely uh, something I, I had down in my notes. There is the sort of inconsistency of of, of the parasite in that final bit. There's a specific moment that I think you mentioned is where after he's grabbed him the first time, they sort of have this scuffle. Superman sort of is trying to keep his distance. The parasite grabs like an exit sign and and throws throws it behind Superman. It knocks down like some pallets onto him, and the Superman breaks out. The parasite's right on top of him, and he's sort of, he's got his, Superman sort of has the parasite by the parasite trying to grab hold of Superman's head. And yeah, all of a sudden, the parasite looks like he's about seven foot five uh, and, uh, and just dwarfing Superman in that moment. And yeah, maybe that's artistic license or whatever, uh, to, uh, but that's never really been something that I'm aware of in this version of Parasite. You know, the more he absorbs, the physically bigger he gets, so um that's that's fine if you want to say that but i don't i don't believe they've ever really
1: mentioned that that. yeah yeah Yeah.
2: or you know even showed it visually in in his first appearance so yeah that that just seemed like again maybe for the they wanted a more exaggerated dramatic visual of superman trying to hold him back there but yeah definitely comes across as just a little bit inconsistent to the rest of the episode whereas you mentioned they're pretty much the same size so yeah yeah, let's take it down a little bit for me. That that final sequence like I said it is it is pretty good intense as you know, the parasite runs and turns the bomb back on, Superman's trying to turn it back off. He as as we mentioned, he's uh he tries to to reach out to Rudy to to take back control and we go back into the 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 mind palace world and and we see Rudy and, and Garver struggle for a moment before Garver's kind of find uh, able to take back control.
1: Um, so that's like, all. I like the visual visualization of the stuff inside Rudy's head too. I thought that was done. Mm-hmm. The first scene, it's sort of very, to me, it was very comic booky. It was, you know, there's just this overlay of two heads kind of talking to each other. And then eventually they sort of move into what is, you know, what is Rudy's consciousness? And you see full body versions of both characters talking to each other. And then there's a literal struggle that starts to happen almost in, in this final scene it, within the consciousness between Rudy as Superman is, you know, cheering him on to fight back against Garver uh and uh so i i thought that was pretty cool i i like that they instead of ju- just hearing voices that they actually there was a visual element that they added to it
2: yeah no i, th- I thought that was definitely clever from yeah, you know the, the, the sort of a transparent head that we see sometimes to that that full uh sort of inner monologue or, or inner conversation between the two minds i thought that was clever and and uh, yeah, I, I thought that that all was 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 very well visualized and sort of uh, I think added a little bit to that that struggle uh, that we that we see between Rudy and and Garber at the end there. So all things considered, I like I said, I do think the the parasite in that final uh, that final battle does take this down a little bit for me, but still some some pretty darn fun moments in this episode, and I uh, I ended up giving visuals eight out of ten.
1: Nice. I went just a notch lower. I went seven out of 10. I think that that uh, little bit of inconsistency uh, bothered me probably a little bit, maybe a little bit more than it, than it should have. Uh, I will also say, and I, it may just be because of the, it's interesting to me. It's just a note that I had here, but that final scene, it it takes place in that very dark, like abandoned subway or whatever it is. And Mm -hmm uh their color palette changes a little bit especially it's darker there's shadow there's more shadow there's no light in the in the uh in the tunnel obviously except for whatever the ancillary lights are around them uh and rudy's color change or parasite's color changes from that like fuchsia almost to a a very light purplish and it's interesting because that's the color that they eventually as in his appearances in justice league unlimited went with for his actual like his actual skin color uh as opposed to this more more standard like reddish reddish purple um so it's it's uh, that stood out to me in that scene it's like oh that's he looks like how he ends up looking in justice league unlimited which always stood out a little bit to me because he wasn't that that right (laughs) yeah that was
2: that yeah i definitely i definitely did notice that that was uh because at first i was and then it almost made me have like a mandela effect thing of like did he did he look like that the whole episode like did they digitally (laughs) and i was i was thinking because i was watching the you know the hd version on on hbo max not not sponsored but would be um (laughs) and and uh, i was like did they change it for this whole episode and i just didn't notice it until now but then the final scene where he's in the prison, he's back to that sort of pinkish purple, you know, uh, lighter color. So yeah, I guess it was just a, a choice they made for to indicate that it, there was less light in the, in the area, but yeah, it was kind of a strange one. Um, and I will just say again, uh, that, that final bit as uh TMS, I uh, is really good at water. Like they're, yeah. they're they they uh, are the animators on uh, over the edge, which mm-hmm. is an episode we have not covered yet, but has some really tremendous stuff with the, uh, the bat boat and Nightwing's uh, jet ski in that episode. Um, and I, and I don't know if anything in this episode was uh, was digital or not, because I know they use some digital water effects in in, uh, in the new Batman adventures. Um, so I'd be curious and maybe I'll try to reach out to uh, uh, one or two of the the, cre- the creators or people that worked on the show that, uh, that we've uh, had the, pr- pleasure of talking to you over over social media and try to see if, if they know or not because that that sequence really is tremendous
1: it's great and i didn't even didn't even mention it but i love the i love the transition to when he comes out of the water and the way that the water that i mean that whole that whole as they're escaping the ship sequence is really great if you haven't seen this episode it's worth tuning in just to see that sequence but the very next scene too, the transition they cut from him flying out of the water to you see a static image of a door and then the door flies towards you with a fist punch because Superman has just had it at this point and knocks down the door with a huge punch. Uh, a great visual, great transition, and I, I don't think I also mentioned it, but the, I thought that the bit with uh, where where Garver opens the the door for the the ambulance at the at the end of the episode and sees stars outside of it, it, it you're you you do not really see what's going on, you just see he opens the doors and there's stars out, and then they cut to the underneath of the ambulance and Superman carrying it. I thought that was a great shot as well.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, yeah, despite some of those inconsistencies at the end, uh, yeah, there's definitely some uh, a good amount of fun to be had in the individuals department in this episode.
1: All right, let's move on to our next category, Liam, which is going to be music. Uh, as you mentioned at the top of the program, uh, the music this week was done by Michael McQuistion. Uh So we have some. Uh, we have some. Uh, another case where only part of the soundtrack has been released on uh, for, for individual track listings here. But uh, to me, at least for this episode, uh, the main musical notes come when the Shirley Walker Superman theme is played extremely triumphantly uh, multiple times, as we already said, uh, Really the most most impactful moments of the of the show, probably, and that being, the uh, the escape from the the crumbling ship, uh, uh, the sunken ship, and then uh, as he's uh, flying the ambulance uh, to to uh, to to prison at the end of the episode as well. Uh, both of those uh, are accompanied by Shirley Walker's Superman theme, and there's some other uh, there's some other tension building scene setting music that's played throughout. Um, I thought that the the music playing as they were sort of waiting for. Uh, for Rudy slash Garver to call, uh, the parasite to call. And uh, with his demands, uh, I thought that it's just nice to have some great background music, some strings and uh, just standard, standard fare there. But uh, nothing, nothing particularly stood out. And I, I don't remember hearing the, this, the parasite theme that we heard in the first episode too much. But yeah, I think it plays a bit when we sort
2: of first see him in the prison cell yeah um, they don't necessarily name the parasite right away we just you know Hamilton just says oh I think there's someone that can help and then it cuts to Superman and, and Sawyer at the prison And they sort of slowly go and they look into the cell and then it cuts to him sort of looking down at the floor and then he sort of his head sort of slowly rises and, and we get a little bit of it there but yeah it's not it's not played as much but yeah that the definitely agree with you on the on the Shirley Walker Superman theme that's that's always good to uh to punctuate the sort of heroic and victorious moments for Superman. And, and then, yeah, I think in that moment when, when Parasite is, is sort of first revealed and then the ending there, when, when the, the hand breaks out of the dirt and, and grabs Superman as he's about to disarm the bomb, there's definitely, a, I, I felt a little bit of a horror movie motif. And, and sure. we talked about that there's certainly those elements uh, seemingly to the Parasite's uh, character and and, and, uh, and in this episode, obviously, like we said, is I think sort of thematically based on some horror thriller uh, uh, books and movies. So this, I think that definitely took a page out of that book for, for those sequences. I think there's some, some pretty strong, uh, uh, good dramatic music as, as that, uh, that Superman and Parasite fight continues and uh, near the end there. And has a really sort of dramatic, uh, you know, it almost feels like in that final scene, and maybe that's again maybe maybe it could just be a model sheet thing but maybe i felt like they're, they're almost trying to make parasite be this this unrelenting force like a you know a jason Voorhees or something in that moment and yeah and and, and uh sort of just coming at superman and i think the music kind of reflects that pretty well there and then yeah that the, the bit at the end he as uh, as garber try opens the door of the ambulance and he realizes he's floating in the air and sort of slow the camera sort of slowly pans down to see superman carrying it to rikers and then that superman theme comes back in that's a that's a good way to kind of punctuate the ending there
1: yeah yeah i think that's really good i think yeah i think you're spot on with the 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 fight scene between parasite and superman also has some good uh some good music that adds to the tension of the scene there's uh when he restarts the bomb the second time also and there's sort of internal dialogue between rudy and garver and rudy saying you know what are you doing uh you know the music is very understated in that scene but but does its job. I think it's just sort of the background and, and letting you know that, Hey, that the tension is building here. We're getting to this point where, or it's, it's going to crescendo to what's going to happen here. Um, you know, which matches what the what's happening with the plot. So uh, very, very good music. I think this week it's, it's a shame that, all of this isn't available for for individual listening uh, because we might have been able to pick out more of the the notes of the parasite theme um, which we uh, we mentioned a lot in that that first episode that we reviewed so it would have been good to have heard heard that again uh, you know come back in maybe a little bit stronger uh, even with uh, a different uh, person sort of pulling the strings behind the parasite in this episode but uh, for all those reasons uh, I gave music a a pretty strong seven out of ten what about you?
2: Yikes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a t- tick higher at a eight out of 10 for music for me. But uh, yeah, definitely the, not maybe that Parasite theme could have uh, brought it up to a, an even higher score. But still, I think some uh, some really good
1: strong uh, music all around in this episode. For sure. Let's move on to our final category this week. Liam, you made a few allusions this uh, to some of our cast members, not a, not a big cast this week, uh, but uh, certainly uh, at least one or two returning members that we'll remember from uh, past reviews. Let's talk about this week's voice cast. Absolutely. So uh,
2: we have some of our, our regulars or our returning guest stars like Victor Brandt as professor Hamilton, exposition machine i would say hashtag our professor hamilton yeah hate hate the jail you boys hate it hate it so much <laughs> um but no uh yeah have him uh, briefly we briefly have uh, joseph Bologna as as dan turpin and uh and of course uh, joanna cassidy as maggie gets a lot to do this week she's sort of right there as sort of the partner working this mystery case with superman
0: would stumble across his bomb down here. There's the wreck. Once you find the sucker, I can disarm it. See anything? No, there's too much debris. We'll have to go in. a short
1: visit yeah i liked uh i liked her performance i feel like the last time we highlighted a superman episode i was not uh i was not very high on her performance but this week i feel like she did a she did a pretty good job she had a lot more to do a lot more dialogue uh she definitely comes across as the uh rough and tumble uh you know uh, the uh veteran uh, of uh inspector of the of the uh the SCU so um, you know, uh, for for her to have a little bit more of a starring role is also pretty pretty cool uh, and important for this for this series. So uh, you know, she becomes a, a pretty pretty strong supporting character throughout this. So this is still early on, as we mentioned, this is season one. So this is really maybe one of the first times that they got to sort of uh, use that character in a, in more of a long form. So. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's as far as performances that we've reviewed of her so far, I think this might be the best.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think I think she gets a little bit more to do. And then obviously, you know, in this same sort of season of Superman, there's there's the episode Tools of the Trade, which we covered uh, back in the day and in, in the archives. You can find that at DCAUreview.com. Um, but, uh, but that's sort of where, where Turpin goes off on his own and, and has an adventure with Superman. And this sort of feels like the other half of that. And it's fun to see Maggie sort of apart from, uh, and, and as, as good and fun as a lot of that banter between her and Turpin can be, uh, I think, uh, yeah, giving, uh, giving Miss Cassie a chance to sort of, uh on, be uh you know be on her own and just sort of work directly more with uh with tim daly as superman i think was uh was was fun and a, and a good change of pace for this episode but uh otherwise in our cast we have of course the returning brian james as parasite uh doesn't get as much to do because our uh, our main uh villain of the piece takes over his body and and they use that voice actor so But I I do think there's there's still that quality quality of like this this guy. Yeah, he's a criminal. He's a bad guy. He's done bad things. But he's he's not that he's not a complete monster either. Right. Like he's got there's a certain like naive naivete and sort of humanity to his his to his character. And I think that comes through in the performance, too.
1: If you remember, too. Yeah, I I think I think that's sort of the running thread with his character. And it's even so in the in the. In the tie-in comics, one of the tie-in comics that we featured on our Instagram this past week, you know, he's just sort of a regular schlubby dude. Uh, you know, in the first episode, he's you know he's this underpaid worker that kind of allows, uh, you know, kind of gets roped into this this gimmick with working with these people and giving them access to steal these chemicals, and you know, he's not he's just taking a kickback. He's not really a bad guy. He's just, you know, he's looking to make some extra money in a CD way, which leads to him sort of gaining this power and uh, you know, via these chemicals that he was helping to steal. So it's not like he's not a diabolical insane crazy person he's a guy that happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time because of his actions dealing with his his consequences and now he has this power that allows him to you know any one of us we're given that power you think we'd like to think that we would be choose the right thing and be superheroes but you know in reality most of us would probably choose to to do selfish things like like he would do so i love that his main thing is not like you know he's he doesn't ask for time cut off of his sentence uh for this for this uh in exchange for helping the the scu he doesn't ask for anything other than a big screen tv and adult film channels like that's what this guy wants (laughs) like this is what that guy's life is he wants he wants to be able to watch his sports and he wants to be able to you know watch it on the big screen while he's serving his time like i love how elementary that is and then it's actually sort of what you know what garver appeals to in order to get him to join force with, with him and sort of allow him uh, to, to take over or more control over the parasite and asking him, you know, or sort of taunting him and saying that he gave it up you know, too much. So I love that his his performance as Rudy Jones and, and Parasite is is just a regular guy. And his interactions that he gets, albeit small for this episode, the interactions that he gets with Superman and uh and Turpin and, or with with uh with Sawyer, I think are I, I think they're they're small, but they're they're effective. And it's hard not to appreciate a guy who just wants who just wants cable. It's what he wants. He doesn't he doesn't want anything <laughs> special. Just give him a cable on a big screen yeah absolutely I, I think he does a great
2: job and as, as we have talked about he spends a lot of the episode interacting with our our main villain of the piece uh, playing dr earl garver is brian cox who uh folks might know as uh, kind of the main uh villain of uh the second x-men film uh he plays plays general Stryker, the sort of uh, mastermind behind uh, Wolverine's uh, origins, um, but uh, but uh, for this episode, we've we've sort of alluded to it all all episode long. He also happened to play uh, Doctor Hannibal Lecter in the uh, the 1986 film Manhunter, um, which does in fact involve a plot, uh, as 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 I think a lot of Hannibal Lecter uh, books and movies and television series do uh, involves a, an even worse. Um, killer sort of uh, confounding the police and the FBI and so they have to go to, to, to the good doctor to uh, get his expertise to try to catch him and that's obviously there's, there's some themes of that in this episode of, of them taking Parasite to try to, uh, to do that so kind of fun that that's and I, I'm sure that was a deliberate choice by, uh, you know, by Andre Armano and then the rest of the producers and creators on the show like I, I'm sure that wasn't an accidental casting there
1: yeah, I'm sure that was, that's a, that's a wink and a nod. Like what's the story? Okay. What can we do? As we mentioned in that first episode, there's a first uh, parasite episode, there's already horror elements, you know, let's, let's link some of these horror thriller elements to this as well. Uh, there's even some visual stuff with the whole restraint uh, device that they have the parasite in. It's a very uh, the classic Hannibal Lecter, like stand-up gurney, essentially that he's strapped to, um, you know. So there's some visual things there too that they they give the nod to, uh, you know, it sort of homages to. So yeah, um, he is a very thespian, over-the-top actor, also, uh, mm-hmm. and his perfor- in his performance, he's uh, very, very animated with his voice, pun intended, uh, very over the top in all of his deliveries. And, and, uh, he, but I so, sort of, I think in some of those ways that maybe, uh, uh, for instance, that we've we've seen from the Scarecrow in Batman the Animated Series. Mm. Uh, this one, he is able to sort of tone it down a little bit and be a little bit more subtle. Uh, so there are a few moments, uh, you know, for initially when he takes over the parasite's body where he begins talking and it is a very calculated, cold tone. And it's the same way at the end where Superman is cheering on Rudy to fight back And he thinks that, you know, Rudy has sort of taken back over. And he, you know, he delivers a very, very instantly quotable line of.
0: He's changed the code. Rudy. Cat's got his tongue so good
1: like just the way that he kind of looks at superman and says it very cold and calculated uh so there is that thespian over the top delivery that he gives that makes a a, a character who would otherwise be very forgettable in garver uh a a a bit more memorable and the performance and i think juxtaposed Mm -hmm. against against the you know rudy's voice uh, being just kind of the everyman and the, you know, common guy, this guy's supposed to be a brilliant scientist. So of course he's over the top and he's, you know, he's extolling him to, to join forces. And, um, you know, so I I think it actually works really, really well. I really liked his performance.
2: Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think that is where the, the sort of the, the best stuff of the episode vocally comes in is, uh, is there they're sort of back and forth inside uh, inside the parasite's brain there, especially at the end there when when he's sort of telling Superman that he doesn't care because you know if, if the parasite's blown up, his body is still safe and sound miles away, and uh, and and Rudy sort of obviously takes offense to that, and as they're sort of arguing, he just he's so sort of dismissive of of Rudy. Uh, and you're telling me you're, you're you're a loser without me and it'll never it'll never actually come to that and he's sort of on one hand trying to be like well I'm just bluffing here like I'm not actually going to kill you but also even if I you know even if I did you're a loser anyway so if you know if I if you if I leave if I leave your mind then you're you're right back to where where you started so he's sort of the way he sort of is it's just constantly talking down to Rudy throughout the episode is is pretty good and yeah, he has a nice uh, again that that sort of very sinister quality to him, especially in those final few moments with with Superman, and then and then the again the the fun little ending there is he's uh, as, as we hear a nice big laughter from uh, from Rudy as, as he's uh, he's got his cable television and and uh, and Garver's being hauled off to a cell uh, on the same block as him, so. Yeah, it's uh, a very strong episode i think vocally all around and uh for all the reasons i think uh a lot of strong performances from joanna cassidy as mentioned and from uh brian cox and uh and brian james uh and and tim daly as superman he's he doesn't have a ton to do in this episode but i, I think he does some good stuff towards the end there when he's sort of first verbally sparring with uh with garver and then and then when he sort of Appealing to uh, to Rudy to take back control. I think he does some good stuff there.
1: Yeah, there's some gr- good verbal volleying. I feel like he has he has some great chemistry with Garver, and uh, it's it's a it's you know it's not a lot asked of Tim Daly uh, for this episode, and there's not a lot of emotion that he gets to show, uh, or you know he's not very he's he's not really bothered by much. Uh, so it's it's not really it's not really something that that uh he gets to sort of show a lot of motion most times anyway but i, I do feel like in this the, the verbal sparring that he gets to do is is top notch so uh yeah i actually ended up giving voice acting a pretty strong eight out of ten
2: and uh has been the theme with i think most of this episode i am just one notch higher i uh, i gave it a nine out of ten i think there's a, a lot of really good stuff especially from uh from our villains in this episode
1: so yeah definitely uh quite a bit of fun that's right. All right, Liam. Well, that will bring us to our final totals for this week. So, totaling everything up on my end, I end up with a uh, okay twenty nine out of forty. What about you? Yeah, and I'm just a
2: couple points higher here at a thirty two out of uh, forty. So, um, yeah, I guess we could jump into rewatchability here. Um, as far as like being super consequential to either the series or the DCAU as a whole, uh, uh, it's not. So I, I, this is definitely not a must-watch. But I, I certainly had fun with it, and this wouldn't necessarily have been one that I would have thought about coming back to in my in my free time. But uh, you know, having watched it maybe with with fresher eyes, I, I did definitely enjoy it. But uh, hard to say that this is uh, anything super important to the character. The parasite, as as mentioned, does appear. Uh, you know, at least one more time in this series and then uh, again in, in later series. But it's not as if the events of this episode are are really directly followed up on at any point. So,
1: yeah, I, I think I mean, there's the only thing that that sort of plays into it is the is the television. I know that comes to play <laughs> a little bit. uh yes. the in the next parasite episode. So that is directly mentioned. So if you're curious about the origins of the parasites, big screen television and cable, uh, then you need to watch this episode, but uh, it's not, it's not very consequential to the whole series, but I think it it being a returning episode for a villain, it does add a little bit more uh, to the parasite story, uh, which again, he, he continues his story Mm -hmm. later on uh, in another fun episode. Uh, so uh, uh, it's one thumb up for me. It's not, it's not a must watch, but I think it's, it's paced well enough. Uh, it's, it's interesting enough. There's some fun certainly to be had. Uh, there's the, the dynamic of the sort of the, the two men occupying the same body space is interesting. Uh, and certainly the, the race against time for Superman and how, Uh, How is he going to outsmart and figure out how to uh, how to not use brute strength to uh, solve this problem is a uh, is always a good challenge for the man of steel. So I I guess it gets a one thumb up for me.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's a fair uh, assessment. There
1: we go. All right, Liam, well, that would begin to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget, follow us on your favorite podcast app, please. If it allows you to leave a review, we would love for you to do so, especially uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts. So if you, uh, if you listen to us on there, it gives you the opportunity to leave a, uh, a review. Uh, we've had some, uh, some nice people leave some reviews. Thank you to every single person that has taken time out to write a review uh whether you've just hit the little five star button. Uh, That's awesome. That helps us. But to the people that have actually taken time to actually write a nice little blurb and uh, tell us what you like about the episode so that anybody stumbling on the podcast uh, would read that is uh, means a lot to us. So we appreciate that Uh, a great great deal because that's uh, that's time. Time is valuable. And and we appreciate not only that you listen to it, but then take extra time uh, to help us out with that. So uh, if you yourself would like to do that, we would love uh, that that helps out a lot with the podcast, gets more ears on the podcast as we've always said uh you can also of course subscribe to us on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts uh iheart radio and of course anchor don't forget also as we mentioned at the top of the program you can subscribe to us on the pod tower youtube channel uh just go to youtube and search pod tower or search dcau review uh, you'll find uh, a lot of our episodes not the full library just yet but we're getting there uh a lot of our past episodes are available so if you're a youtube uh podcast preference there then now uh, you can do that I also found out today all of our podcasts uh, come with closed captioning. So uh, you know gets you episodes transcribed there too for free. So check that out. Uh, also, if you'd like to support us in an additional way uh, and you feel like uh, throwing a couple of your hard-earned dollars our way, we would appreciate that. You can check out the shop, which is available at dcaureview.com. Check out the shop tab, click on that, and then pick yourself up a shirt, hat, or sticker. Uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, we didn't mention, but you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's free and that supports us. So we appreciate that too. Subscribe to the pod tower get content from us and the fellows over at tim talk who are uh, due to come back from the hiatus pretty soon we're pretty excited about that and of course the streams from everybody over at the watch tower database liam uh with all of that uh, housekeeping out of the way i think it's time that we talk about uh, a little preview for next week's episode that's
2: right Cal and next week we will be back with another Superman adventure that of course being the Prometheon involving a classic what else but Superman is fighting a giant uh, monster so lots of fun there and also some uh, some characters that uh, come back in sort of more important roles in future DCAU uh, episodes and
1: We'll have to check that one out. Looking forward to uh, reviewing it with you because I have absolutely no memory of it. So it'll almost be like watching a brand new episode of Superman. <laughs> cannot wait to do that. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And
0: we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.